Hey, welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Bradley. I'm Randy. And I'm Bryce. You sound a little sad um, about that. You do did. I? Are you sure you're Bryce? Yeah. You want to be Bryce? Blink twice if you're Bryce. <laughs> Wait, I can't see you. All right. Can you hear me, Blink? <laughs> Blink three times if you don't want to be Bryce. I'm furious with Blink. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, yes, oh, I'm uh, pretty excited for this episode. Uh, we're doing the Loch Ness Monster. Or Ooh, Nessie. As, as Nessie, yeah. Oh. And this will be our, I believe, our second cryptid since yes, sir. started. Because so, we uh, did the Chubacabra, remember? <laughs> was I, was um... I that week of class? <laughs> are, you, are you cheating on our podcast right now? <laughs> Uh, I mean, totally not. I mean, we totally haven't talked about the Chupacabra. Just don't look up Chupacabra podcasts. <laughs> Hopefully you don't find the one I was in. <laughs> no, we did uh, Wendigos a couple yeah. weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I think uh, cryptids are really fun. They definitely are among the most popular monsters, probably just mm -hmm. in general, because, I mean, why not love what you can't see? So, yeah. <laughs> unlike uh, unlike changelings, which you can totally see. Oh, it's the same see with sand people. All the oh my god, <laughs> all the time. I was just watching yeah. the horse again. <laughs> yeah, I was just having a conversation with my neighbor. He's a sand person. <laughs> yeah, I always really like cryptids because I love like the first hand accounts. Maybe a little bit of quotation marks around those, you know. <laughs> right. But I always love those accounts because they can just be so wild and crazy yeah. and like, you know, they kind of vary in believability, but, you mm -hmm. know, it's kind of just bridging the reality between the, the mythical and what's real, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is to see like with these accounts, what's the same and throughout the whole thing and what's different and mm -hmm. trying to think out you know, what, what's the most common factor among all these yeah. different stories? Kind of makes you mention, wonder. Yeah. Not to mention with uh, cryptids, there's also usually uh, there's actual, well, again, I'm doing quotes for you, Bryce, <laughs> uh, real quote-unquote pictures and real quote-unquote like bodies or things like that that like help to try and try to prove that they're real, so... Right, like different from uh, Kieran's, right? I, if I pronounce right. that right, um, mm -hmm. and things like it. Well, even like Star Wars ones or Stroud, right. you know, Davy Jones, like those were definitely more mythical. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I guess Davy Jones wasn't as much, but like it's just these like legend stories that you know, right? More, more uh, put in fiction than cryptids because cryptids, there is there are people that believe in them, and mm -hmm. we, I mean, we really don't have, I mean whether or not you want to discuss that we, that we don't have like the evidence that they don't exist right right um, and at least with cryptids you have stories about like universities which have bought or tried to buy physical bodies of these things and then been scammed by a man in a gorilla suit or things like that <laughs> which did happen with That's, bigfoot the oh, university man. bought what someone was claiming was a bigfoot uh body and then there, when it arrived it was just a gorilla uh, master uh, costume, and they were Fantastic. real upset. 
So didn't they spend like something like two hundred thousand dollars on yeah, or something? Some stupid, crazy amount. It was a stupid amount of money. And then they got there and it was like, ah, oh, this is super fake. So you don't get those kind of stories with uh other things, only with cryptids. You didn't buy from a verified seller, so uh, <laughs> they should have checked their Twitter account. Did they have the little check? That that was they on them, I feel like. Authentic cryptids for sale.com. <laughs> 100% real. Just believe us. Trust us. We are not lying. Check right? out. And oh. uh, so for this podcast, I did piggyback a lot from what uh, Randy did when he wonderfully portrayed the Wendigo for us. Typical. Carrying everyone on my back. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm going to be uh, approaching this topic a little bit more differently than that English a little bit more different a little bit more differently yep Check out. let's and go a previous podcast I'm gonna do it more as an investigation and really diving into what people say what we believe and what science has to say and really just mm -hmm. the two worlds and see what we can come up with so Sweet. before we start mm -hmm. just uh maybe clear up something I didn't actually know this made me feel dumb um Loch Ness well, is you are is is a is a lake it's lake yeah. and it's a just scottish for well, it's actually lock. a lock nest it is it's a lock but translating into to lake or small sea mm -hmm. and um and so a couple of locations that i may be talking about would be lock ness and i might just say lake ness or just ness um, and then there's the river ness and then uh the river ness connects the north sea i believe to uh, Loch Ness. So those are three locations just to be keeping your ear out for. Um, they do matter because some are saltwater, some are freshwater. And right. that is something that we want to think about when we talk about different animals because it's sure. most creatures do not do well switching. Right. Uh, and then before also we start, uh, because we are talking about something that is heavily discussed in the scientific community and the more i would say like fanfic community it's a very <laughs> there's definitely enthusiast yeah enthusiast there's definitely pseudoscience you might say yeah there's definitely an interest in both communities and i think it's really important to look at both because i think both are you know have valid opinions and you know i think it's important to talk about both and so before we do i just want to go over some terms that we are mentioning and terms that you're going to hear in this community on occasion so just because i didn't know most of these it's just good to talk about them so i won't know any of them <laughs> well um, so the first one is just going to be talking about like what a cryptid is we've said the word like 700 times already and so what is a cryptid a cryptid is um an animal that cryptozoologists which are the enthusiast price was talking about that believe that the uh creatures like the loch ness monster bigfoot yetis chupacabras uh jersey De devils they believe that they exist somewhere in the wild. Um, and then obviously by mainstream science, they don't believe they exist. Gotcha. So crypto cryptozoology or cryptozoologist is a pseudoscience and subculture that aims to prove, uh, prove the existence of entities from folklore. So they're, they have the whole like zoology name to it. Um, it's not like a degree or anything, but it is, <laughs> a, it is a type of science and it's more of a, I would say like a discovery science or, something along that way um so it's it's still pretty interesting and to describe pseudoscience that is a um it consists of statements beliefs or practices that claim to be both scientific and factual but are incompatible with the scientific method the method being 
uh, having an idea, researching it, making a hypothesis, experimenting, um, analyze the data and get conclusions. So it doesn't follow that method. It follows more of uh, first I like eyewitnesses accounts and folklore stories and things like that. And believing a lot of things that like surface level, just taking it, taking people at their word rather exactly. than actually <clears throat> testing anything. Well, I mean, uh, on, on one hand, can you imagine how revolutionary it would be if you actually discovered, like, a legitimate oh, Loch monster or, like, right. uh, the Bigfoot? How that could, yeah. like, revolutionize maybe, like, science or medicine? Mm-hmm. And well, to be fair, a lot of the things that they do can't be, like, put to the scientific method because there's just not enough stuff there. They're, like, there's no evidence, but there's no lack, like, they... It's not that there's a lack of it. There's just no nothing there to study. They can't find anything, so they can't put anything to the scientific method. So it's not like it's not for a lack of trying. There's just nothing there to do. So that that's actually the exact you know segue to the next. Oh, sorry. Word that it, no, no, it's perfect. So the next word is falsifiability. That's not a word that is thrown around. So if you don't know it, totally fine. I didn't. I knew what it meant, but I didn't know what the word went with it. So mm-hmm. you know smart person terms which i still have a <laughs> says in the philosophy of science a theory is falsifiable if it is contradicted by an observation that is logically possible so in normal human being terms i'm going to give an example so i'm going to give the example of the age of the earth so okay. on one argument you have the earth is millions billions of years old and okay, the fake science <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and so this argument it provides things like the grand canyon with different layers of rock that's able to be uh traced back using carbon dating um millions and millions of years you have in the arctic we have and you can so i'm gonna use the word observe you can observe uh drilling down into the ice and finding bubbles that have been existence again through carbon dating uh, lasting millions and billions of years and everything. And so with the argument of the Earth is a billion years old or whatever, that is an observable and it has contradicting points because you can find different things. You can actually provide evidence to the Earth being billions of years old, right? right. And then mm-hmm. on the other side of the argument, you have creationists. Creationists usually, and it's Christian beliefs, it's other religion beliefs. I just am most familiar with Christianity. and um, there is a sect of Christianity that are creationists. They believe the earth is 5,000 years old. And mm. even if there is no observable facts or observable truths that the earth is 5,000 years old, they have the Bible that says the world is created. And based on the Bible timeline, it's about 5,000 years old. So you have two arguments that both say different things. You can't prove the Bible is wrong technically, right? You can't prove that the earth is not only 5,000 years old. Right. I mean, you can use like again you can use the observable truths of what scientific people say um but those are just two arguments one is so the argument that the earth is billion years old is falsifiable the one that's that's only five thousand five thousand years old is unfalsifiable so why i brought this up is the loch ness monster and cryptids in general are unfalsifiable uh truths or unfalsifiable arguments because because people are still able to like talk their way around and have theories about how the Loch Ness monster can exist and still not be found. Right. A lot of big words, just really meaning there is an argument towards this that doesn't have to be scientific. That doesn't mean it's wrong. 
Yeah, there's just enough wiggle room in the scientific method to, for people to go, well, maybe it just hasn't been discovered yet, so it's possible it still exists. And scientists go, well, I guess technically, yes, it's theoretically possible, but like super unlikely. And then everyone goes, ah, see, it's possible. Nailed yeah. it. I mean, like, anything, okay, I guess anything is really possible, you know. Yeah, like, we've been surprised before, but yeah, you know, you there's always like more and less likely kind of mm -hmm. uh, theories and outcomes. And yeah. and I will be talking about about nine different theories that have come up, both in the scientific community theories and uh, the cryptozoologists and the the subculture of believing in these cryptids, um, and different theories that they have to why this is. Um, so the scientists will say, this is why you thought you saw this. And mm -hmm. cryptozoologists will say, this is why you haven't been able to see it, but there are accounts of seeing it. Um, gotcha. I do have in big, bold letters to get on with it. So we're going to get away from the big <laughs> stuff. Because I didn't want to take too long on that, but I just wanted everyone to be aware that these are terms that we will talk about and or you'll hear in the community. Let's get to Nessie. So Nessie... Yeah is great i so what do you guys know about nessie i know a couple of different origin stories that I, I mean there's one that as far as i'm aware i know of one story that is widely accepted as like the most acceptable correct idea of where it came from but i don't know if that's actually correct it's just what everyone i guess claims or, or has decided is accurate but other than that i don't really know almost any of like the side theories that are out there. So I'm really interested to hear about like what everyone else has kind of latched onto or thinks. Yeah. I'm pretty interested as well. I think, uh, I know a little bit, like I might've watched like a discovery channel documentary, like when I was 10, I like one and in the morning also, or something. Yeah. And also <laughs> I watched, uh, the water horse, right. Which the is kind of like a Nessie. Yeah. Right? It, it is uh, a story about the Nessie. Yeah. yeah. Not my favorite movie, but you know, now, is, now, it's throwback, have you ever heard of the movie uh, Mishi? M I M E M E S? Something like that? Bless you? Yeah. Now, that is also a movie about Nessie, but there's like a whole family of them and they're living in this lake. And oh. I think it's I think it's also Scotland or somewhere close to Scotland or something like that. And they find a whole thing. And then there's like a team of like, bounty hunters that hear that apparently there's these Is guys the in the water no but he kind of he kind of acts like the mandalorian he shows up with like a bunch of scuba gear and like a submarine going down to try and either put it like capture it and put it to sleep and, and take it somewhere or kill it and it's a whole thing wild movie it's well, like a real I, old one but you should look minus, it up uh minus the theatrics and the bounty hunter one of the theories is very similar to what you just described perfect oh. so you're saying that movie might be real and it's just no one that all of the uh, bounty hunting and stuff has been covered up by the government um kind of side thought I was watching <laughs> sorry i'm ancient just trying to get into the head i was watching ancient aliens yesterday <laughs> and oh, nice. uh, they were talking about how cowboys versus aliens the one with uh like uh, harrison ford and uh-huh um all, whatever other big actors um the guy that plays uh based in uh yeah james bond uh, what's his face um yeah 007 whatever yeah well, anyways they were saying that that movie probably was based in truth and i was like oh, nice <laughs> love it <laughs> oh okay 
the writers for ancient for uh for cowboys versus aliens accidentally read some documents from alien from <laughs> area 51 they know the truth yeah seriously um but so with nessie um is nessie yeah. an alien maybe is that one of the theories is that nessie is an alien uh one of the episodes was talking about how uh nessie and bigfoot and all the like cryptids are actually aliens and stuff. i knew it and they talked about amit uh, ah. was oh. a experiment that aliens did on human or on of course stuff. man was... discovery channel should just pick us up we can we can Seriously. do the isn't, episodes isn't ancient aliens on the history channel i thought it was yeah. on history yeah which is laughable <laughs> <laughs> it's just a history channel after <laughs> yeah when all the rules go out the window right um but yeah so loch ness is one or loch ness monster sorry is probably the most photographed of all cryptids mm. uh, you have bigfoot which is either a close second or on par and then most of the other cryptids are really just secondhand accounts right. um, so nessie whether the photos are real or not is definitely nonetheless the most uh captured um, right. and also like it's before that so i i would say the reason being is because nessie is enclosed in a lake whereas bigfoot has you know open ground he can go wherever he wants all the other cryptids are kind of just able to do what they want gotcha. where just based off of biology uh nessie would be stuck in this one body of water so therefore with all the tourists going to the to loch ness to you know see him tourists go there all the time being so it's obviously going to be the most seen of all cryptids. Makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. I could imagine going to like uh, Loch Ness and being like really wanting to see the Nessie and then seeing something and being like, dude, this is my uh, mm. Nessie story, you know? Yeah, you see a stick out in the water and you're like, it must be him. And even if, if you have the chance to go on the Loch Ness tour, it's fantastic. You could see some of the most beautiful castles, just a beautiful mm -hmm. landscape. Um, so it's a great tour nonetheless. Um, so speaking of that, where is Loch Ness? It is in Scotland and it is nice. uh, Loch Ness is the biggest uh, body of water in the entire UK. So it is a large oh, lake. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. oh so do you know if a... it's like so large that you can like look on one shore and can't see the other so side? I know for a fact that it's a mile wide um, and then it's, it could be 20-ish or more feet or miles long i'm not sure on that gotcha. but i know it's wide so it is a very big lake um and oh, i think yeah. the deep the deepest part is 800 feet i think so it's also quite deep that's, that's not that deep for a something that's supposedly holding a dinosaur in it well i mean yes but for a lake it's still pretty <laughs> no deep. yes for a for a lake is really deep but like if it's Deeper supposed to be hiding this it well <laughs> um okay so just correct it's 745 feet so Oh, I can swim that then, no problem. Eight hundred, <laughs> no, I can't do. But seven hundred forty-five, um, no, easy. Twenty-two point five fifty-six miles long, one uh, mile wide. Yeah, that's a big lake. It's a very big lake. So, um, it is. A, I mean, so it's big. We that's it's. So it would be hard to constantly monitor mm -hmm. the entirety of it. So you know that does maybe add some difficulties in finding it. But nonetheless, I feel like if there was one or more of these dinosaur things we would be able to see it more but yeah uh, i guess that's the magic of loch ness monster 
sure. or the magic of the lake maybe so um before it's the lake that's magical <laughs> well that is one of the theories oh no uh, <laughs> but so before nessie got worldwide recognition there are uh, some really interesting local legends surrounding it which obviously that's how, probably how most start but of course um, it, it did take a few hundred years for it to get popularized throughout the world um, and we'll talk about that in a bit um, and then if you were to just if i were to just tell you what like to describe what nessie would look like though you've never seen it um what would you guys say it's got like the four fins and the, the uh -huh. hefty body with the long kind of neck. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and basically what's that that's describing is a plesiosaur, which is a ancient yeah, totally. dinosaur age. And so, so that's, so like that image, what you get from water horse and most right. media is, is what that is. And, um, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, if like, um, what the community at least says about Nessie is they don't even go that in depth because obviously it's it's a slippery slope if you go too much sure. into the description of it. So normally it's described as a large water beast with a long neck and possibly one or more humps that protrude from the water. And then once you get more into the depth of that, so a water camel, basic basically yes. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Because uh, I believe the community itself doesn't overcommit to it being with a dinosaur fins and everything because we have very little photo evidence of that much of its body anyways. Um, but that's how I would describe it as well. Um, and before I mention any more of that, um, there has been over um, 1000 sightings. So it's also hey. one of the most cited also probably to do with the tourist. Um, so yeah, uh, Nessie is often described as a plesiosaurus, um, which is a genus of extinct large marine rep reptile that lived in the early part of the Jurassic era. So, which means millions of years ago, right? Um, <laughs> well, that's if the Earth is that old, which I don't know. You haven't convinced me yet. Uh, and we do actually have a complete skeleton in um, in an England, an English museum, and there are copies of it throughout the world. Um, you've probably seen them in your local museums. Yeah, uh, but that's what they look like. They have the long neck. They have the four paddle things, and so that's the normal description of a Nessie. Of Nessie, that's what plesiosauruses are. Um, huh. And it's distinguishable by its uh, small head, long slender neck, broad turtle-like body, short tail, and two pairs of large elongated paddles. So um, that was what we... And, and so this, uh, this was discovered in 1823. So Nessie was like first sighted hundreds of years before this, which and really? that's why it's hard to describe what she looked like or he or whatever it um, looked like, because back then it was literally just described as what I said, a beast with a long neck and a couple humps. And mm -hmm. then this uh, fossil was found. It started to change um, a couple, like maybe a hundred years after this. So that's just why it's hard to really describe what she looked like or it or they or whatever. Um, sure. But yes, yeah, so the first skeleton was um, discovered by, a paleontologist named Mary Anning in Europe. I believe it was in England in uh, December of 1823. Oh, and there's only been one of these skeletons found. That's kind of interesting. There might have been more. All I was able to find was the one in the English Museum. And I don't I know mean, if there's people found. But I know that they're only found 
like bones and all, and all are really only found in northwestern Europe. So like UK, hmm. maybe part of Scandinavia, and like Ooh. Denmark. So playing devil's advocate, there was a uh, creature, a Loch Ness monster. It was sighted, died, and then they found the bones a couple hundred years later. And that's why we only have one skeleton because it was the one Nessie that came that we had already seen and then we found its bones. And that's why we only see Nessie up there because all of the other, their theorized living area was up in Northern Europe. Makes sense to me. Except for I think we can date bones millions of years. Yeah, but like, how how much do we trust carbon dating? Let's be honest. It seems kind of like a pseudoscience most accurate dating things wait it's uh, a dating website yo get on there <laughs> dating mm. technology i do think it'd be kind of interesting if like there was a previously extinct species that you know we thought died out a long mm-hmm. time ago but was you know actually had like a couple members of its species still remaining and, right that, like, you, you really never know yeah especially think things down like before yeah, things like way down deep in the ocean, there's no way to tell for that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just and crazy to think about. And so when you think about the folklore of mm-hmm. pretty much any area of the world, one of the most common uh, types of monsters that you're going to see are sea monsters, right? Yeah. In, um, in Norse mythology, we just talked about Jormungandr, the world serpent. You have krakens. You have um, the you have hydras, right? Which mm-hmm. are also some, sometimes depicted in water. In uh, the Bible, in Job, there describes leviathans and mm-hmm. other versions of leviathans and other stories. And just you in every single you've got Godzilla the- who swims <laughs> through the water. He comes yeah. up on land eventually, but he's from the water. Oh, I mean, really, in every single mythology i mean randy you did the the water dog thing right a couple weeks yes ago. water um, demons there's lots of water demons so i mean that's just a very popular thing throughout all of folklore and so it just i mean nessie is just adding one more to those and nessie is definitely one of the most popular um and the other ones aren't really cryptids but it's just interesting to note that water serpent demon things mm-hmm. are the most common in history yeah. yeah. Sorry. Interesting. I don't mean to uh, diverge too much, but quick question. What is stopping any other mythological thing from becoming encrypted? It's just like, is it mainly the the deciding factor for something being encrypted is just based off of like its popularity? Or is there like an actual, like, just like, I don't know, maybe there's a council out there that decides what's encrypted or not? Or like, how does that get decided? Do you know? I mean, I mean, I don't know the exact like what makes a Disney princess a Disney princess. Um, <laughs> well, I'm talking about cryptids here, not Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't know the exact like what makes a cryptid a cryptid, but uh-huh. I assume that there is some hierarchy in the cryptozoologist society that gotcha. they discuss, and you know, if if someone brings up a theory for a, um, you know, English like a. a what we would know as like an, a European dragon, and someone uh-huh. says, yeah, "I think I have this substance, like, like, not really evidence, but like I have this theory, and I right. have this kind of thing to back it up a little bit." 
and enough people get behind it, I would say that's what makes a cryptid a cryptid. But I mean, gotcha. technically, wouldn't all monsters be cryptid? Yeah, that's what I was... based in folklore. Technically, gotcha. probably, yeah. So it's probably just a combination of like popularity mixed with quote unquote evidence, even though maybe it's not yeah. necessarily actual, but like theoretical evidence. Probably based on sightings. Yeah, sure. probably like a lot of like firsthand accounts of people uh-huh. being like that they saw that and you know, like kind of becomes like really popular. True. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to like cause a diversion. I was just curious of like we keep mentioning that she's a a cryptid, and I was like, well, what what causes her? I mean, obviously she is one of the most or sorry, she, he, it. I don't know what what it is, but uh Nessie is like one of the most popular, so it's like makes sense for that to be cryptid, but like why is like the random like way lesser known ones what causes them to be cryptids but then not some more popular monsters that are out there it, yeah it's probably just what the society calls a cryptid sweet okay i don't know i can roll with that <laughs> so let's talk about the possibility of what people have seen or okay. if you know like if it's other than nessie okay. what is it or if nessie is really there what like possibility is gotcha there so we're gonna we're gonna break it down into two sections basically the first one is gonna be what scientists say the second one is gonna be what cryptozoologists say perfect just the the subculture of cryptozoologists um so the first theory is uh well i guess sorry the first one is not the first one is a cryptozoologist one and then i my bad but they're that's fine (laughs) <laughs> sorry so the first one starting is, off strong uh, with some pseudoscience <laughs> right so uh some people suggest that a small group of paleosaurs survived the mass extinction of the dinosaurs and if my not theory. That, which is your theory and if not that a evolution from that species has existed gotcha. change over time and so this is a very intriguing theory that there are, could be a couple groups that you know continue to survive um, in Lake Loch Ness, but there are a couple problems with this theory that scientists have brought to the table. So the big problem is that there is not enough food sources to feed a any kind of size of a palosaurus, maybe one, but not a group. Um, and uh, Loch Ness is not directly connected to the North Sea. It's, it has to go through a river. Therefore, mm-hmm. they couldn't leave Loch Ness to get a food source. Uh, that makes a lot of sense one of the biggest problems is that the lock itself didn't exist until ten thousand years ago after the last ice age which was a couple million years ago so how could they get there it just really doesn't add up but it is a very good theory it is a very popular theory it just there are a couple things that really just really can't you know that the scientists can't you know let people get past with hey i got some answers for that one <laughs> that, that come directly from the good old-fashioned like i mentioned earlier the movie mishi which again i'm gonna recommend such a great movie came out in 2005 stands up it's incredible they kind of made mishi look more like a uh uh sea cow what are those called Manatee? uh manatees they kind of made it look more manatee-ish rather than like dinosaur-ish but hey artisan interpretation but so they in that movie talk about what if the lock has like a undersea uh channel that leads to another body of water and like there's just like a, a tube of 
water that they're uh-huh. able to get to like undersea uh river or something and that's how they get in and out of the lock and so they're not trapped in and they don't have to go through the above ground river they can go underground yeah yeah well, you could probably cool. just survey um, the floor and see. but yeah they could probably do use sonar and other technologies to find out if but have they yeah what if they what if they installed a door onto that tunnel so that way when we scan the seafloor it's like oh no that's just solid rock but it's actually their secret trap door and that we just don't know about it i mean these are a lot of what ifs man we're going off of totally a lot of factors in this saying i'm just saying there's no way to prove it's not i'm just i'm totally getting into this uh unverifiable evidence that i mean maybe it's true who's to say the fact that you brought up that they did change how nessie would have looked is actually pretty interesting oh Uh, theory that i was going to talk about is science so now we're getting into what scientists have said that people love it taken for loch ness monster um is that there's a fish called the wells catfish mm-hmm. and people have i mean there are actually accounts of people mistaking them for the loch ness monster i did put a picture in there if you want to see it's circled uh right. it's pretty massive man so so just for so these things are huge. These Wells catfish are ginormous. Um, the biggest one ever found was actually eight point seven feet long and weighed Oof. eighty pounds. Wow! So massive, and there are uh, I, I believe that there might be bigger ones. Probably this is just what the, it's saying that's what it is. But it, with or not, they are big, and they mm-hmm. are in the Loch Ness. So it is definitely possible that people have seen those before and was like, oh my gosh, that's a huge sea monster. That must be Loch Ness. And you see a little hump in the water or something and mm-hmm. so could easily be mistaken. I could definitely see mistaking that fish for like the upper head of the Loch Ness monster and just thinking like, oh, that must be the head of it and the rest is down further underwater and we just can't see mm-hmm. it. I can see yeah. it, especially if it's far off from the shore. I can see that. And its head, I don't know if you ever want to, like, it's, I mean, it looks like a catfish, but, like, mm-hmm. it's so big that, like, it, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it itself is kind of a monster in a way because yeah. it's so, like, so just massive. Um, other fish that could possibly be uh, mistaken for it, there's something called the European sea sturgeon. It's an Ooh. elusive, uh, critically endangered fish, and it hasn't been sighted in the lock itself, uh, but it has been sighted in the river nest, which... Mm-hmm. still you know people might see it there um the biggest of this ever found was 20 feet long um holy so moly so their average length is only four feet but that's a huge still, discrepancy man it's, <laughs> yeah it's crazy um and they can also live for 100 years which is probably why it was so big it was probably like really old uh-huh. um, i did also post a picture there it basically looks like a like a eel swordfish yeah a really long fish but a very yeah. long fish um so and theoretically so, one of these could have just like accidentally found its way into the lock and then yeah been sighted like, because it was a hundred feet long mm-hmm. and everyone was like oh okay that must be it <laughs> and then it died off and now it's now that's why yeah. no one sighted well, I mean, it if you're like if you're just on shore or on, on a boat or something and you see a shadow of something that's 20 feet long underwater it could be the shadow of it yeah longer and you're just like that's my death that thing's huge that thing's that has Mm -hmm. to and like again i think i'd leave the country man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm out of here these things aren't sighted that often again because they are very much endangered and thank goodness 
I mean, I don't really have a fear of like large bodies of water being in them, but like anytime I see those videos of like someone swimming in open water and a like whale or fish shark comes up from underneath the water, mm-hmm. even though I'm not there, I'm still like, ooh, that's that freaks me out a little bit. That's that because right. that thing, even like some of the smaller animals in the ocean, like a, like some of the smaller whales or dolphins, even they're still pretty big, and so I'm like, that's totally unnerving having that thing coming up at you out of the darkness of the ocean i can't imagine it's just thinking seeing something pass by and thinking that might be connected to something far more massive that would I mean, be horrifying like if you were just like swimming in the the loch ness you know when you just mm. look down and you see like this i don't know like five foot long fish dude that would freaking freak Seriously. me out man and, and especially if it's the whale's catfish that thing weighs more than you. Seriously. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. And I wonder how much of that is kind of like the same phenomena that happens at night. I wonder how if that happens often in water where like it's dark out. And so your mind starts to like kind of play tricks and like there's like it's so dark you can't even really see anything. But your brain starts to think it sees something and fills in right. the images. And it's like now I am seeing like out in the woods a figure and yet there's nothing out there. Your brain is just mm-hmm. making up stuff because you're afraid and it just starts hallucinating almost. I wonder how much of that happens down in the dark water where you can't see anything. You think you see something move in the water and now all of a sudden like your brain starts making, like, filling in the gaps and making up stuff. And now you or see Nessie. You're, you're like, I want to see, I want to see the Nessie yeah. Loch Ness Monster. And you see a whale's catfish kind of make, you know, whatever it's called, when it comes up and like, crest the top of the water yeah you see the water move and at night it's hard to see and you just see something out there and you're just like that's crazy you know so i think tricks of the mind definitely probably have to play a huge role in this right and i'm sure those tricks of the mind happen more often the more people want like it happens to me when i don't want to see anything i'm hoping not to see anything out in the woods and then when you want to see something you're looking for it i'm sure it's way more common Mm -hmm. for you brain to just fill in those gaps and make up something oh man so freaking freaky dude the brain is crazy no it's, it is um but on to the next one this is sorry my favorite no you're good my favorite theory and it's definitely the best theory i think as far as what scientists have been able to come up with because they did a lot of studies on this so um back in 2019 uh um they they theory that nessie might be a giant eel and they went so they were like let's test this theory so what they did the university of otago a geneticist named neil uh gamel uh a global team of researchers came to the conclusion that um that after they they did 250 water samples dna water samples um from from loch ness and cataloged the wildlife which is crazy that they're able to do that they cataloged the wildlife that lived in the uh the loch ness um and they found that eels had the largest population of dna that was sampled oh. and so there's a lot of eels apparently and so if you look at the european eel it's um the largest one was uh ever found was six feet long which is still mm-hmm. you know very long for an eel it's a slender body which makes it maybe look even longer right uh, and the the only thing still competing with that is that eyewitnesses stated 
uh, throughout time have stated that they've seen something 12 feet, 25 feet long in the mm. water. Um, Man, no wonder there's like so many uh, legends and rumors of like leviathans and sea serpents. Seriously. And it's just because like all these freaking monsters that legitimately yeah. live, dude, like six foot long eels, 20 foot long fish. It's right? freaking crazy. Like, so yeah, like insane. hearing about this six foot long eel and they're like, yeah, that's like the biggest one they've had. And so that's not that big. Clearly, it's not Nessie. It's a like six foot long eel is still that's as tall it's as bigger like, than me, man. And so that thing is huge when it's out of the water. Put that thing in the water. And the fact that there's other things in the water that are far larger than just a six foot eel. Yeah, that things are huge put, in the ocean. Put in very easy shadows of water elongate things so if uh -huh. something six foot long might look eight nine ten twelve feet long right just because of its shadow or you're just looking in the water and and you're like right next to it almost and it's a couple feet under and you see something that's you have to turn your head to see like you're gonna yeah. think that's longer than it is 10 yeah out of 10 probably so, i also sorry it's a little bit of a side note again but i, I actually started recently see, like on youtube they start suggesting people like in channels that you don't normally watch and it's like okay well i have no interest in this but youtube thinks i do so uh, recently i started tuning into one of those that youtube was suggesting to me and it's actually kind of interesting it's a little like he mostly does those youtube short videos and he's a spear fisherman out in i think he lives in bali and oh. he yeah so it's like it's kind of neat just like to see this guy go out and spear fishing it's neat um, it's underwater spear fishing with like a spear gun. And one of the things like he mentions oftentimes in the videos and like you can even tell in the videos is when you're down in the water, like under the sea, it is so hard to tell how big a fish is without because like there's nothing in the water for you to compare size to like mm -hmm. it's just empty blue. And so he oftentimes he'll like go to shoot a fish and think it's far smaller than it is or far larger than it is because he can't tell how far away it is or he can't tell what there's nothing near it to compare. So then he'll spear it and then he's like, oh, this fish is way smaller than I thought. I thought it was going to be massive and I just speared like a tiny little thing or same in reverse. So I bet you that happens a ton too, where people see this thing in down in the water and they have nothing to compare it to. So they in their mind they go oh that thing must be massive and really it's still big but like it's not as big as it they i mean their brain fills in i've seen uh finding nemo when uh <laughs> they see the whale and it's really small right it's like here fishy fishy that's an exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. like there's nothing down there for you to compare so it's like oh that i can't tell if that thing is five feet away from me or 600 feet away from me so it could either be tiny or huge it must be so difficult. Um, all right, so you're going to want to strap in for the next um, five. Cool, I'm <laughs> ready. Because we're getting to Let's go. Uh, the what the cryptozoologists believe. So these yes. are people that do believe in the Loch Ness Monster, and they have their own theories. And I think they're really interesting. So I do want to cite this because this guy is awesome. His name or his uh, YouTube channel is The Omni Viewer. Um, totally go check him out. He's got some really good stuff on cryptids. And so nice. these are the five craziest things that he said and it's pretty intense so each one will get worse <laughs> and worse and by worse and worse i mean better and better so this is great um so some theorize that there may be a seal that could have an elongated or that have evolved with a long thin neck that could look um 
like the popularized image of Nessie. So not what too crazy, but seal, so it could be a, and so he did show a picture. I didn't get the picture, but, or like to get it on the notes, mm-hmm. but um, it's literally like seal body, weirdly long neck. It's a weird theory because we probably would have been able to find it. Right. But that is a theory that a seal evolved that way. What would be the evolutionary benefit for a seal evolving that way? That feels so to strange. Stick its head in like a hole, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, I like mean, think about giraffes. It still could be the the uh, Loch Ness monster. Well, the reason giraffes have taller necks is because they've had to get their they've had to get their necks longer as trees grow taller, and so they just like their necks keep getting longer to match that. So, what? Did, why are seals getting longer necks? I don't understand. Well, because the trees keep getting higher, man. Oh, right. That's right. Of course. <laughs> um, My bad. Right, I, I didn't carry one. over the one. <laughs> so this next one is pretty weird, and you're really going to have to like, like, just go with me on this journey. I'm ready so, for weird. Um, I would recommend you guys uh, at home to type in Tolly Monster, T-U-L-L-Y, Tolly Monster, um, or the, the scientific name would be Tolly Monstrum. Mm. So it is extinct genus of soft body uh bilatherian uh so basically like a snail sea snail almost that nice shallow tropical coastal waters um of the peninsula uh pennsylvanian uh, geological geological period so like long long time ago like there's fossils left but so about 300 million years 300 million years ago um and you can only find these in like illinois Mm. um as fossils but they're basically aquatic slugs or worms and their size is about 14 inches so look up the picture and so i'm going to explain this so it looks like a fish with Mm -hmm. that protrude out of its those things protruding those are eyes eyes? i thought someone put nails in it no (laughs) eyes and it has a beak that goes down and then up and then into like a beak right um so it's like it's got a, like a neck and a beak so it looks really weird and so the average size For of real? this thing is about 14 inches so what people believe is that these things evolved and traveled to what we now know as loch ness mm-hmm. and packed up their bags thing, from illinois yeah and a- as they traveled they went from 14 inches to massive <laughs> um <laughs> and I mean, because I mean, the shape of it does kind of look Loch Nessy. I mean, sure, I, I can see it. So, because when I first saw the picture, I was like, okay, those things are big and scary and cool. Like maybe Loch Ness monster, but fourteen inches, no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they got while they were on their way over to Loch Ness. Maybe they stopped in Chernobyl and they just got f- massive from the radiation. They multiplied. I don't know how maybe the timeline lines up with that, but yeah, who's yeah. the guy? Who cares? <laughs> um, all right, so just just keep in mind that these theories get weirder and weirder as I go on because this yeah. one like will seem like it's too weird to be true, but it's the thing, right? Ooh, so the there, the sea slugs they look like a squid with a crab claw. Yeah, that's what they, they look go. like. It looks like a squid oh, with a crab yeah. claw. It's yeah. like you extended the beak out and just put uh-huh. it on top of the claw. It's yeah. Like, uh-huh. Shaking hands and then, with these things must be rough. Yeah, and then stab two nails into the side of it to get those <laughs> eyes, of course, because why not? All I'm right, confused. so this this next one is um, there is there's a 
there's people like not not weird just normal people that <laughs> not weird believe, people no no i mean it's it's a normal it's a normal belief like it's just like another kind of like religious belief almost that crystals um have energy that radiates from them and they have like they can do different things like calming effects or um mm. never mind i take I it back know. these are weird people they have it's hard to say without like trying like sounding mean but like i'm not it just it's that that is a belief that uh rocks have sure. powers right through vibrations through energies kind of thing like that so one theory suggests that quark crystals um conduct energy that can open portals in space-time ah sure um, yeah you know so we went from like calming effects to opening portals yeah so it's a this, little uh, that's that's weird but <laughs> this rock um, takes away my anxiety and this one makes me a god it's so cool right. um and so uh this allows the means of time travel ob- obviously right of course um, and so there happens to be an abundance of quartz in loch ness yeah. and i mean oh, it's yeah, also it's also it's also abundant in like the whole world. Quartz is like the number one rock in the whole world. But it just you know stop ruining this for be, me. <laughs> there does happen to be a, a like a lot of quartz in Loch Ness, and uh, so the aforementioned paleosaurs that I was talking about, um, the extinct dinosaur reptiles, are able to swim through these portals from, you know, millions of years ago to the present day through time travel. And so it could be happening all over the world where you know people do see other sea monsters or even think they see Loch Ness because they're using these portals throughout the world because there's quartz in a lot of places. Oh, but time travel is a theory. And it is it's very cool that like and so that would be a reason why we haven't been able to catch one or see one that often because they are just kind of booping back right. in time. Oh. So very interesting theory. Definitely one of my favorite ones just because like it's you know these and uh, theory can time travel. The theory is is that these guys they're not doing it purposefully. They're not doing it no. on like like they're not in control of it. It's just accidentally happening to them, and they're just popping in and out. Yeah, which is like out of their control. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're I not saying that they're like no they're aliens they're like that are coming to visit us. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next one is very. I, I don't know what to feel about it yet. So during <laughs> the Cold War. Um, this guy proceeded to say that we know that the United States used people in different experiments to experiment with psychic powers. I know that mm-hmm. the United States did a lot of weird stuff with yeah. people, and we don't know everything, but nonetheless, let's just go with the thought that the United States experimented on people to weaponize psychic powers. Yeah, yeah I think they you. even made a movie about it. It's called The Man they did, Who yeah. I was just going to say, I, I was just going to say, haven't you seen the very true documentary of The Men Who Stare at Ghosts? <laughs> I, do I have believe seen it's it. I based just didn't know how of, accurate. Like some yeah. amount of reality. I think no, it I, did I happen somewhat, but I don't think they had. I know a whole they much did things. To it. I know they did some things with psych things, but I don't think they went as far as most of these movies and stuff go. Yeah, absolutely. Even, even X Men talked mm-hmm. about how that's how X Men powers came about, or something. Right. right? Um, anyways, so one of these experiments to weaponize psychic powers. Um, of course was experimenting on something called remote viewing so that that means a clairvoyant which is a person that is able to is able to project their conscience to any place or time and be able to see see and hear everything that's going on where they project themselves gotcha and so while this was happening someone was like 
hey, while we have this power, let's go see what's going on in Loch Ness. Naturally. Or why not? That makes sense. So what they found is, again, these plesiosaurs, the uh-huh. extinct reptiles, they saw that they could, they, they found them. They, they, they were uh-huh. able to see them. And then they were able to dematerialize into nothing. And so what the they found out and what they concluded is that these were ghosts of plesiosaurs from the past just haunting Loch Ness. I love this one. This <laughs> is awesome. I'm going to be honest. I kind of wasn't there from the beginning, but when you got to <laughs> ghosts of plesiosaurs, I'm there, man. I love this Haunted one. Lake. Yep. This is so cool. This is awesome, man. I, I can I get behind this one so like, much. For me, it just bounced too much to different <laughs> things. So I wasn't sure, but like, it's it definitely was a wild ride. I'm not sure about the but, psychic p- powers, but a haunting of a ghost. <laughs> I was more I sure about the ghost psychic powers than the ghost. No, no, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm there for the haunting of Loch Ness, and it's just a bunch of ghosts, <laughs> p- ghost plesiosaurs just living their life, doing their best. Right. That's so fun. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. And so the last one that I'm going to talk about, last theory, there's definitely oh, a lot more. But the last one I'm going to talk about is that a group of warlocks and witches have apparently been able to use magic to summon or ward off the Loch Ness monster. Well, which one is it? Monster, both. It's they can summon <laughs> it and then they ward it off just because, like, here, come here, come here. No. You know. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, no, he's just gotten no. tired of us. Yeah. Just like, nah. I'm not playing in, this game anymore. In the uh, the sucks. Omni viewers YouTube video, he uh, did show a picture that apparently a warlock took of the uh, Nessie, which gotcha. looked exactly like a plesiosaur. I think was um, it an HD picture with like really good it, quality and shading, yeah. or was it blurry and confused? Because it, like it looked, it looked pretty clear, and so I was like, "Is that a real picture, or is he just showing a picture of a plesiosaur?" So I wasn't uh-huh. sure. that's why, you, if if you want to go look at the video, you can. Um, but anyway, so what they believe is that science will never work to find them because Nessie is a magical shapeshifter, <laughs> and so just letting you guys know what a kelpie is: a kelpie is a shapeshifting spirit that inhabits lakes. Um, and mostly in Scottish folklore, but it is seen in other genres as well. Right. And it's usually described as a black horse-like creature that's able to adopt human form, but apparently it can shapeshift into plesiosaurs. Of course. Why not? Naturally. I mean, like, if I was a shapeshifter, I'd probably want to shapeshift into a plesiosaur, so checks Ooh. out. Ooh, let's combine two theories. Maybe it's a Kelpie uh, shapeshifter that can see ghosts and it's turning into a version of these ghosts that it's seeing because it just thinks that it's a cool shape and so the, it, oh. it can see these ghosts and it's like oh that's neat and it's is turning into them i'm not just for fun because that's just hey. as, as any of these other theories i'm right there with it this i can get behind this i love the ghost theory though so i'm just finding ways <laughs> to shoehorn it in <laughs> with this um let's keep the the witch and warlock idea uh-huh. so the first encounter of what is like what we now know as nessie the Loch Ness monster the the real first thing that people have kind of generally agreed on uh-huh. is back in uh 565 um and so that's sixth century and a irish missionary named saint columba came upon people bearing a man near the river ness so not Loch Ness, mm-hmm. the Riverness. 
and they were claiming that a man was swimming and was mauled by a large water beast that dragged him under the water and killed him. And according to the legend, St. Columbo um, had one of his followers. He was like, hey, go swim and see if you get attacked. And so when the water beast started to uh, oh, come out. Yeah. <laughs> so the water beast, which is now known as Nessie, started swimming and tried to attack the man swimming. And St. Columbo warded the beast off with the sign of the cross and shouted, go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once. And as the story goes, the creature just stopped instantly and started being like pulled back like as, as if it was being pulled by ropes and fled and so all the people there believed that to be a miracle and then became nessie i'll be honest i think i'm more willing to believe in in ghost plesiosaurs than that story but neat <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's kind of interesting to think that maybe the nessie is like some type of physical manifestation of satan yeah you know? yeah Maybe mm-hmm. it, that's just kind of what I got out of the story. And or maybe he was able to like, kind of, you know, kind of like get the hints. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's another, just like a demon, like a water demon. That's just taking on a weird shape just because it likes to mess with people and confuse them. Yeah. So yeah. that's true. Um, from, from that time until the next date that I'm going to mention, there were recorded, I believe like four to five more viewings of. Wow. Really? And so from 565 to 1933, there wasn't too much, but there was still the local legend of the great St. Columba. And so it was a folklore to them. It was important and sacred and everything, but it was really just there. And then in 1933, 1934, things get interesting. And that's when the year that uh, it be- Nessie became a worldwide attraction. So, I mean, it took a long time. I mean, like literally over a thousand years. Right. Mm. And so... Um, in the year 1933 and 1934, there were a handful of sightings. I mean, it had quadrupled, if not more, the number of sightings from 1,300 years prior. Right. And so we even have sightings from Nessie crossing the road. Um, Sounds like a bad joke, man. <laughs> when the Nessie crosses the road. but And the rest of them were in the lock that itself. Right. And this time, uh, we get one of the more convincing pictures of the monster, which is called the surgeon's photograph. And if you ever think of anything about the Loch Ness monster, this is the picture that you're probably thinking of. It's yeah, the, it's like the classic white classic thing. Um, and so it was taken in 1934. The image is known as again the surgeon's photograph, and it was obviously uh, revealed to be a hoax later on. Um, but it is still the picture that everyone goes to. And that's the picture at the very top of our notes, right? It is. Of the yeah. notes. Um, but if you ever look up the surgeon's photograph or just Loch Ness Monster, that's going to be the first, like, five mm-hmm. years. <laughs> I will say it's kind of funny. The, uh, like, the quality of this photo is pretty bad, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. Given this is 1930s, you know? But I do think it's funny how, like, modern-day cryptids captured are about the same quality of photo. <laughs> sometimes it's, yeah. it's very it's very ufo energy coming from this picture blurry all washed out black and white is just could be anything yeah it's mm-hmm. feels like it was made to be ambiguous i do think if i vaguely remember the documentary that i said that i watched when i was like really young is that i theorized this could be like a piece of driftwood right I think that's what you know? they were saying about that picture, yeah. And I mean, if you look at it, yeah, it really could be anything. There's very mm-hmm. little distinguishing f- features about it. 
I also said some of the pictures could be like swans or ducks just taken with weird lighting because I mean that's exactly what that looks like as well to be honest. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Looks yeah. very swan like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. So um, from that year to 1954, there wasn't any. I mean, there were definitely a lot of sightings, um, but the next really uh, big sighting that interest me the most next big concrete quote-unquote evidence (laughs) was when we start seeing sonar being used and sonar for 1954 was used but was always uh like nothing inconclusive no one was able to find anything but in Mm -hmm. 1954 this was uh december uh sonar readings were taken by a fishing boat it was called the rival three and this crew noted a large object keeping pace with the vessel at a depth of 146 meters, which is 479 feet. Um, and it was detected for 800 meters, which is 260 feet, before contact was lost and then regained. So I think you mean 2,000, 2,600 feet, not 200? Sorry, 2,600 <laughs> feet. Um, so obviously a big thing in the water. That yeah really be anything but like you see a a large object moving with you that far probably very fast Mm -hmm. that's does maybe call for suspicion i do think it was a little bit coincidental that it chose out of all things to do in the lake to follow them at this very moment right yeah a little coincidental for me maybe (laughs) but i mean who's to say maybe it's a maybe it's a ghost of a plesiosaur and maybe they just get bored after being alive in ghosts for like millions of years they just get bored so they start following boats man that ghost has some strong sonar readings yeah yeah they found a way to manifest for a little bit but they can only be around for so long so that's why he disappeared off sonar because he lost his physical form um Right. And so one of my favorite sightings happened in 1977. This is uh, the 21st of May. Anthony uh-huh. Doc Shells, um, he was camping next to a castle, um, Urquhart, I think. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, I think it's like one of the main castles next to the lake. Um, anyways, so he took photos of Nessie. Uh, Shields was a magician and psychic, and he claimed to have summoned the animal out of the water. And when he saw it, he later then described it as what he called an elephant squid. Whatever whatever you choose to picture that as, that's, you know, go for it. Yeah, there's so many different ways you could go with that image. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) Um, I just imagined elephant body, like, kraken as a head or squid as a head. Oh, I was imagining a squid with an elephant-like nose. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So just another tentacle or... But it's an actual nose. That's interesting. For whatever reason, it breathes there. <laughs> so it always has to have its nose sticking out of the water to breathe. It can only well, go like ten feet down the water. It's kind of like a whale. You yeah, know, it can hold its breath for a long time. A whale with a built-in snorkel. But yeah. it's just interesting. Another this another sighting again. Just that had happened to be with a magician psychic kind of guy. Just going on with the theory that science can't. Uh, deal with it it's something that only the realm of magic can deal with or something and to play devil's advocate this is a psychic so who's to say maybe he was projecting and now he saw the ghosts maybe this was a ghost plesiosaur that he saw maybe i don't know he's a psychic seems to line up 
but again, I'm going to skip a couple more years just because I was just picking and choosing some of you know, the more interesting ones. So mm-hmm. once uh, this is going to happen in 2011, so just a you know, t- couple years only ago. ten years ago, only ten years ago, um, sonar obviously improved from 1954, and so on August 24th, 2011, uh, Loch Ness boat captain That's almost Mark- exactly a, ten years ago. Dating this podcast a little bit, but oh, that's uh, weird, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Marcus Atkinson was the captain of a boat. He photographed a sonar image of a, and you can look up this photo. Um, oh. Just use any of these keywords that I'm saying. So Marcus Atkinson, uh, boat captain, photographed a sonar image of a 1.5 meter wide, which is 4.9 feet, unidentified object that seemed to follow his boat for two minutes at a depth of 23 meters, which is 75 feet, and ruled out the possibility of a small fish or seal because uh, I guess he's the he knows all. Um, really? And in April 2012, a scientist from a national oceanography center said that the image is a bloom of algae or zooplankton. Um, so, gotcha. So it's like a lot a, of plankton. Everyone's just saying everyone's just saying what they know it is, but we don't know really. But sure, pretty you know it could be a you know whatever it is. But uh, science has spoken, saying it is not. Science has spoken, and they never get th- things wrong. <laughs> right. So as to current day, ca- catching up to right now, basically, um, Loch Ness has been extensively surveyed multiple times, explored by professionals, amateurs alike, um, but the scientific community has pretty much unanimously, agree- unanimously agreed that Loch Ness monster is a myth, and as uh, sonar investigations have picked up some anomalies, but never proving the existence of Nessie. It's a little disappointing, but have okay. they? I don't know. Have they dragged that lake before? I assume they have. I'm I'm assuming, yeah. I assume, but I I honestly don't know the re like really don't know the uh, mechanics of how they drag lakes, but I know that that's a thing that they can do. So I assume that they've done that. They're probably dragging in sections, just how big. Sure, it is. obviously, yeah. So I guess there is the possibility that it like swam yeah. around the the boats but yeah but being encrypted as it is it still has its place in multimedia and you know fantasy oh yeah it does we see it in scooby-doo it's uh it's called scooby-doo and the Loch Ness monster it's a pretty funny little show they ended up being a like a van that got lost yeah of course it was a it was a van it was a van like a van (laughs) was driving through the water i don't i don't know exactly i don't I don't think I ever saw. I just saw a clip of it, and it was this guy that just, he was like one of the side characters, and he was like, he pulled down the sheet of the Loch Ness monster. He's like, "Oh my gosh, my van!" <laughs> and oh. the van, the van would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for your <laughs> meddling kids and your little dog too. Oh, I think I remember uh, that that uh, movie or episode, and yeah, it was like I think because it chased them on land, but they yeah, also the chase, I think saw yeah, it in the water it, as well. It, yeah so it was a it was an aquatic uh hybrid vehicle the guy was driving in and out well i think they saw it but it was across the lake Uh, i don't i don't remember i haven't i don't either either haven't seen it or i was young i don't think i've seen this um the movie i think bryce you mentioned was the water horse legend of the deep which was a movie where it was like a it was basically a plesiosaur, I think. Single plesiosaur monster that laid an egg that was able to give birth without being fertilized mm-hmm. in the world 
or two, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like a little British kid that picked it up. Yeah. So. He was Scottish, but maybe. You know. Oh, was he Scottish? But maybe. Sorry, it's been a while since I saw that movie. Which takes place in Scotland. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I was thinking he was on like vacation or something. No, it, so. Might have been. Um, other than that, we do have another movie called Nessie and Me. Yeah. So that's just and then the one you were talking about. Yeah. Let's not forget Mishi. I'm forgetting about it right now. What are you talking about, dude? It's so <laughs> it's good. actively slipping away from my memory. I'll post but, a picture uh, of it. It's a, it's incredible. It's no, I'm I'm good. It's called Mishi the Water um, Giant. Look at that. Appearances were um, in Harry Potter, uh, not any of the movies, but I believe it was talked about um, as a Kelpie, and mm-hmm. in, in the monster the, the monster one, whatever it's called, where the, the movies that are being made now. Fantastic. Oh movies. yeah, Fantastic Beasts. Oh yeah. If it's in that lore. Gotcha. Um, so apparently, a Simpsons episode of it. Because there's a Simpsons episode about everything. Yeah, yeah, they really do do everything in that show. There's a uh, Little Einstein's episode with it, which is pretty cute. Um, I didn't watch it, but I saw the picture and it was cute, you know. And then it got the song stuck in my head forever. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I hate that show because of that song exclusively. <laughs> uh, but my favorite other media appearance, uh, not that I actually like recognized it, but I found it, was in the Marvel Universe on Earth 616. And mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about Earth 616, it's like the coolest. You should totally look it up. It's otherwise uh, a quote from the maker, who's a really cool uh, character. He says, the prime universe, the last of the old, first of the new, the hub of all that revolves around. Uh, here, science can be magic. Here, we can rewrite every story. So oh, maker is the maker is basically the same character. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers for the main villain slash guy from uh, the loki series yeah, uh, yeah. the timekeeper um basically very similar-esque characters where in the multiverse the maker wanted to was was either one of or if not the best of all of his other kinds and he went around just to make sure he was the best so What's very to kong kong kane kong whatever kane. Kane. um so very cool earth um and anyways so in this universe there is the Loch Ness monster because it's like the first the last you know all that kind of thing neat all like the monsters were there um but yeah the Loch Ness monster is is really fun I had a fantastic time researching this I found yeah just so much information I you know how to condense it into just what I like reported with you guys but condense it down to an hour long uh thing (laughs) right uh but I think it's really cool whether or not it exists I think it's definitely a monster that should stay in the books because it's just uh-huh. fun. whether or not it's a wells catfish or an eel that's 70 million feet long i just think or if it's a dinosaur you know it could be a dinosaur and i just think the 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 community around it and the just lore behind it the community that's made because of the tourism that's been able to you know come from it that it's just something that everyone should should hear about once or twice so yeah they die i think yeah, it's, it's always cool. a treat to kind of like review a cryptid yeah it's very cool because i think it's always fun yeah. no go for it i was you... gonna say i think it's fun with cryptids that like everyone kind of knows the story but as we went through these uh theories that we went through like that we were talking about today i had never heard of i think i had only ever heard of one of those 
and mm. even the one that i heard was a little bit different like the version i've heard of that story was a little bit different than the we heard what we heard today so it's always fun talking about cryptids because the stories there's always so many different versions that there's always going to be some different version than what you've heard and right. it's exciting I've never heard of ghost plesiosaurs, and I now I love that, and I want it to be a thing. <laughs> I am married to that idea. You imagine like a ghost, like T Rex or something. That'd be awesome. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Why does this not exist? This is awesome. This is what Scooby Doo should have been. Come on, Scooby Doo, where are you? You've got some work for you, so I'm done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but uh, no, this is it's so fun. I love doing these episodes, and cryptids just add a really different feel to these from you know, the everyday monsters that we talk about and so we might come back to them i mean we probably will they're very famous oh. but um other than that please uh tell your friends about us tell yeah. if they have any interest in cryptids come on over um yeah. we do plan on at some point doing social media so look yeah. for us in the future and yeah I and one day, week. maybe Bryce will uh, cover the <laughs> monsters from Monsters Inc. Oh <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> so if you're a big fan of Monsters Inc., then look forward. We might have an episode coming out someday. <laughs> now you just basically like made it, so I have to do. <laughs> and if you, if you don't understand no. that reference, it's from last week's episode. Go listen to that. Yeah, man, listen to our other episodes as well. And once it's again, very fun. Tell your friends. Absolutely. All right. We will catch you guys next week. Have a good one.